0: Hi there i'm dr trevor Cates. welcome to the spa doctor podcast today we're talking about How to overcome overwhelm so you can achieve your New Year's resolutions. My guest is Dr. Samantha Brody. She is a licensed naturopathic physician and acupuncturist in Portland, Oregon. She also runs a virtual arm of her business doing coaching and consulting with clients across the globe. Dr. Samantha writes for a variety of publications and has been quoted in media outlets, including the Los Angeles Times, Wall Street Journal, Huffington Post, and Shape. She's author of Overcoming Overwhelm, Dismantle Your Stress from the Inside Out. In this interview, we discuss the difference between managing stress and overcoming overwhelm, how to identify what you personally need to address stress and overwhelm, and how to set yourself up for successfully achieving your New Year's goals. So please enjoy this interview. Dr. Samantha, welcome to my podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yeah. So, this time of year, we've just gotten through the holidays and all the chaos. um, And now we're first of the year and New Year's resolution. So, this is the time to feel the pressure, right? And so, you know a lot about overwhelm. And so, that's what we're talking about today. So, what Let's first ask, what does it mean to be overwhelmed? I mean, I think we all know what that is, but what's your definition?
1: Yeah, so I think about overwhelm a little bit differently than we typically think about it. So overwhelm, we often feel, when we say we feel overwhelmed, we just kind of feel tight and stressed and like there's not one more thing we can do. But I think about overwhelm as being the end state of an accumulation of just too much stress. And that can be the stress that we typically think about as stress. You know the normal i'm stressed because i've got this deadline or i'm stressed because the holidays were difficult on my family but it's also the little stresses that accumulate to basically fill up our buckets is the way i think about it we have a certain ability to handle stress i represent that as a bucket and all the stresses increase 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 fill up that bucket and then spill over and that's when we get overwhelmed and it can manifest as this typical feeling of overwhelm but it can also manifest Physically, with a health issue, or emotionally, or even spiritually for some people. It's just the too much, and then how it impacts us is what I consider the overwhelm. Okay, so overcoming overwhelm is different than managing stress. So different. (laughs) (laughs) The, so managing stress and managing stress is important don't get me wrong we have to learn how to be able to deal with our stress and i often will encourage people to come up with kind of outside the box ways to manage their stress like you know not just the typical mani pedi or you know uh, meditation those things are off you know of course always great but getting out from under overwhelm and really dealing with our stress is about dismantling it and decreasing the overall load instead of just saying okay i'm going to manage the stress that i already have Because ultimately, we're going to have more and more stress. That's what life is about. I think we often say, oh, well, around the corner, I'll be less stressed because this will be done or that will be done. But then life happens and more things pile on and whatever they are. And even just aging as we age, we get more stress just from being in our bodies on the planet. And so you can only manage it reasonably for so long before it starts manifesting in either symptoms or emotional states that don't feel good.
0: (laughs) Right. So what are some of those things that people experience that what are
1: some of those symptoms that people experience Then I think it can really vary from person to person. So whatever your weak spot is, is where the overwhelm is going to manifest. Now, of course, we're all prone to having it manifest is this kind of as we talked about, the kind of typical feeling of feeling overwhelmed or quote unquote stressed. But. For each of us, we have a different spot where we're disposed because of our genetics and our personal history and just the choices that we've made in the past. So one person might manifest their overwhelm as headaches and another person might manifest it with gut symptoms or fatigue or trouble sleeping or pretty much just about any symptom in, from my belief perspective, from my perspective, any symptom will have some there's some aspect of our symptom that is impacted by the accumulation of stress that we have in our lives.
0: Mm, okay. All right. And um, what about this? You mentioned a bucket theory in your mm. book for,
1: for managing overwhelm. So let's talk about that. I think about stress as you know we talked about a little earlier in the accumulation so i think about it as a bucket so we're each born with a certain size bucket and some people are born with little tiny buckets and some people are born with big buckets and this manifests kind of in how resilient we are but and there are some things that can change the size of your bucket there aren't very many so you know if you went and meditated an hour every day for 20 years your ability to handle stress would change but for the most part we have this kind of here's how it here's what it looks like for you. This is your, this is what you've got, which is why sometimes what two people will go through similar stresses and one person just kind of rolls right off them. And then the other person ends up, you know, in all kinds of hurt. So I think about it as a bucket and then different things fill up this bucket. And there are some things that you can change and some things that you can't change that fill that bucket up. Things that, are you know your history for instance that's a stress things you've been through in the past you can't change that you can change how you interact choose to interact with it or you have say your genetics you can't change your genetics you can make changes in your life so you're less likely to turn a gene on for instance as you know the the uh, field of epigenetics where our genetic dispositions intersect with our um in the the world around us and our choices in our lives and so these different things fill up the bucket we have environmental stresses nutritional stresses financial stress you know stress of insufficiencies things you're not getting enough of fresh air water sunlight and eventually the accumulation of these stresses will overflow the bucket and once that happens then we manifest symptoms on the other side and so with this bucket theory what i'm looking at is helping people identify. What their specific stresses are that fill up the bucket, and what they can change, what they can't change, and then very specifically what they choose not to change, because ultimately you can't do it all. You can't do all the things you want to do, let alone all the things that you are supposed to do, or you should do, or you need to do, or you've committed to do. And so we need to be able to have a way to vet what things we actually are willing to kind of get out of our buckets to decrease the overall load. And sometimes there are big things that we don't have control over and sometimes there are small things that we have an immense amount of control over that looking at an accumulation of many small things, we can decrease our overall load and have it less likely to spill over. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So how do you help
0: people identify or find what they
1: need to address that, that stress or overwhelm? Yeah that's a great question. In in the book the it's a four step process the book's called Overcoming Overwhelm as we mentioned the the process that I take readers through is to first identify what's most important to them. I call that their true north. So what your values are, what your core values are, and how you want to feel, and then what things it is that you want to accomplish or how you want to uh, kind of experience your day to day, I'll I'll say it more like that. And so we identify the true north and then we look at how we make change best. And so some people make change best with little tiny changes and other people make change best with more sweeping changes. It really varies from person to person and even issue over issue or day over day as well. And then once you have an idea about that, then we look at what is your accumulation of stress. And we, in the book, we actually go through all of these areas and identify all the different stresses, which at first upfront, seems daunting because there's so many of them. But the magic is in being able to look at all of these things, so many of them we have control over and we can make changes to just a little bit at a time in order to be able to then make a plan, which is the last step of what things we're gonna address. So we look at the stresses, we look at what's what's what are the non-negotiable things that we really need to change. So. For, for me, for instance, if I don't get eight hours of sleep a night, I'm a legitimate wreck and I can't make choices in my life that line up with what's most important to me and how I want to feel when I'm not getting the sleep I need. And so that for me is a non-negotiable. So the work, it's hard work for me to deal with that because it's something that I, it's a challenge for me in my life in general. That's one of my weak spots, but being able to say all right here's what's most important and in order for me to vet each individual choice i need to look at is this something that i need to deal with and then what are the precise steps i'm going to take to do that so some of the changes that i draw that i you know that people will pull out of this are these bigger changes saying without this one thing it's going to be very hard for me to get to these other things however often by addressing the smaller things and wrapping our head around okay i can you know, clean off my desk i can choose to eat a vegetable with every meal i can choose to eat protein i can you know get rid of all of the pants that are too small in my closet that make me feel like crap every morning when i try to squeeze into them you know these smaller things that cause us stress that we can get rid of and then lower the overall load and so for each person it's different but we identify the stresses by getting clear about what's most important enumerating them and then assessing them one you know each one individually to say is this something that's going to have enough impact that it's worth bothering to make the change and then how am I going to do it like what exactly is it that I'm going to need to do to get there right
0: so let's let's do an example so this time of year people have New Year's resolutions, and I feel like if you could individualize this a bit for people. Sure. You're going to help set people up for success because as we know, um, the success rate of New Year's resolutions actually isn't very good. Not good at all. No, it's not. So, and a lot of people, like the, the big ones are, I want to lose weight. And in, in the first of the year, I'm going, to, I'm going to get back in shape. I'm going to get to the gym. I'm going to lose weight. So let's talk about, let's just use an example. So okay. see if someone wants to get back in the gym, they want to get back into working out regularly. What, how would you help them individualize this
1: so they can set themselves up for success and overcome the overwhelm of this goal? That's a great question. So the first thing I would say is I really encourage people to not make resolutions, but instead of making resolutions, <laughs> to have a, a theme or an intention, right? So if the intention is to get back into shape because you want to feel better in your body, what is it, you know, what's the is it the going to the gym that's gonna get you feeling better in your body, or is it the movement that's gonna get you feel like what exactly is it, right? And so trying to be really clear about you know what your actual the goal is underneath it, like what's driving it, right? Because the success is often about, you know, if you say, Okay, I'm gonna go to the gym and then you don't go to the gym twice, well now you haven't done it, and you're like, forget it. I didn't get there, I you know, I blew my resolution. But if your intention or your theme is to honor your body by moving it or to, you know, keep yourself in shape because it's going to help with your health. When we aren't able to, you know, when we don't follow through with that, you know, resolution or with that thing, we can say, all right, what's, how can I take this and use it to my benefit for, for making choices in the future that are really going to serve me. So there's always a reason you're not getting to the gym. So if it's something like, you know, it's never that you're lazy, right? People are like, oh, I'm just so lazy. I'm not getting to the gym. It's never that people aren't lazy people have varied priorities they have too much on their plate they don't have enough bandwidth to be able to make that change they don't feel good about their bodies so they don't want to show up at the gym in their you know in their workout clothes whatever those things are so to or maybe they're say, just tired too and they have to yes fatigue behind yeah them. or they're just tired right so you can't you know you if you're gonna you can't get up at five in the morning to, go to the gym so i might back into it and say all right if you know that you're t- the reason you're not getting there is because you're tired how do we get you to have more energy in the morning? Well, first of all, you have your naturopathic physician, look at what's getting in the way of you having the energy you want. Is it related to your nutrition? Is it related to your sleep quality? Is it related to your, to your health condition like thyroid or anemia? So we you know, we have to get that off the table, but also look at, all right, you know, most people, when we're looking at why we're tired, you kind of, then you back into it, and you say, well, I, I am on my phone, you know, doing those last texts or messing around on Facebook until 11. And of course, you're not going to get up at five and go to the gym because you're tired. And then you feel badly for not going and you give yourself a hard time. And that doesn't do us any favors at all. Now we just feel badly about ourselves on top of not being able to button our pants. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's really about getting about getting underneath it, right? So what is, you know, how can you make you know, have an intention instead of a specific number goal, for instance. And then what things do you need to put in place to be able to see it through? And if you don't, to be brutal, absolutely brutal about identifying why. Like what's what why? What is getting in your way? And sometimes it's, you know, it, it can be something like fatigue or a logistical thing. Sometimes it's discomfort. Your subconscious has discomfort with Being happy or fit, or you know, because somehow you have a story in your subconscious that doesn't line up with this conscious experience of feeling fit and sexy and healthy, whatever that is, or that you're making the choice to lose weight because of a societal dictum that you should look a certain way instead of really feeling like, well, this is what I want. I would like to be 10 pounds lighter because that's how I'm going to feel better in my body. I'll have more energy and be more flexible, or whatever those things are. Mm -hmm. It's about choice. What do you want for you? right is this your choice is something you want and if then you can't move forward with it why right
0: Right. And then also, like you mentioned, feeling comfortable, like not feeling comfortable, putting gym clothes on and going to the gym, like you might wake up and be like, Oh God, I don't want to, I don't want to put those, I don't want to be in the gym with all these other people looking at me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it's important to why, what is going to be in the way? What's, what are the obstacles to being right. able to be successful in achieving your goals and, and addressing them? Because I do, I often, I think that that's why people fail a lot of times with New Year's resolutions because. They don't look at what might be in their way. What are the right. obstacles? What are the roadblocks? And addressing those mm. beforehand, and then, and then the other big part, I feel like people beat themselves up and then they give so up, much, like they right? Do, they so mess much, up or you know, mess up. I'm going
1: get air quotes because,
0: right. You know, it's we ha- we all mess up, <laughs> We're right? And, right, and
1: I always say like, you can't fail at self care. You can't. It's a process of figuring out what you need for you. And honestly, I believe that it's so much more. Harmful to give yourself, you know, to feel that shame and to feel badly and to give yourself a hard time. I think that's more harmful than carrying an extra 10 pounds, honestly, most of the time. And so, you know, ultimately, how can you reconcile those things? So we're making choices that line up with what our values are and not, you know, you, ne- you never look back and say, oh, I'm so glad I spent 10 years shaming myself because I didn't <laughs> follow through with that or shaming myself for not fitting into my pants or, you know, whatever the reason is that we do that, which is so undermining in particular for women, I think.
0: Yeah, so I think that you know, if you if you go a day or two and you're not getting to the gym, don't don't beat yourself up. But at the same time, you don't want to keep giving yourself that excuse. Oh, I'm not going to myself. Right, right. You still got to get to the gym if you set that goal. You know, you know. First of all, set goals that you're really going to follow, right? And then set that goal um, how can you set yourself up for success? Right?
1: Right. Yeah. And like, what are the pieces that you need to get? And you know and I mean? Is it, and if it's important to you to get to the gym, which it really, I mean, honestly, that's what you happen to pick the thing that I think is important for everyone. As far as our overall health strength training is one of the most important things that we can do for our bodies, especially as we age. But I, you know, I agree a hundred percent, you know, don't pick something that's unreasonable and, and look at what's most important like is it you know often we will end up prioritizing things that aren't as important really and so vetting on a regular basis is it more important you know sometimes it is more important for instance to you know your kid forgot a saxophone you're going to bring it to school instead of going to the gym but you might just say all right you're going to have to deal with the consequence of forgetting your saxophone i'm going to the gym <laughs> so being able to vet on a you know on within each moment what is most important right now based on what my values are yeah, absolutely. And then,
0: you know, one, so one of the things that I, I, you know, we're talking about going to the gym is sometimes yeah. I really can't make it to the gym, but I could still do push-ups at home or yeah.
1: push-ups
0: or what, you know, whatever. I've got a physio ball and, you know, a little bit of hand weights, so just some basic stuff so that sometimes I don't have time to drive all the way to the gym. Um, maybe I, you know, like maybe I, I don't know, I'm not, feeling like I want to put those gym clothes on or whatever, then I still do something at home to hold you over to, to
1: help keep you kind of in that flow. Right. Absolutely. And that's part of setting yourself up for success. If I don't get to the gym, what am I going to do? So you don't end up just not going to the gym and not doing anything. You have a plan. If I don't, you know, I'm going to go three times a week. There's going to be a, you know, a time that I'm not going to make it. If I don't, I need I'm going to choose to do something at home or I'm gonna reschedule. That's the other thing, putting it on your schedule, whatever goal it is that you're trying to meet, putting it on your schedule and whether that's a self care thing or whether it's going to the gym or you know, then you can actually look at what's, you know, what's in that slot and what's the most important thing. And sometimes it's gonna be more important to do something other than go to the gym, whether you feel like it or not. But exactly having, you know, you can drop and do 10 push ups right now. I mean don't. Right now. Them, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, um, so I think, uh,
0: let's, let's give some other examples because I think one of the news resolutions that people often say is they want to lose weight for mm. as their news resolution, I encourage people to be a little bit more specific. Like I just gave the example of getting to the gym. Um, or, you know, another example would be eating healthier. So because it's going to get you to that goal and then but without putting that pressure on yourself what do, you, right. what do you think about that
1: well i think that's exactly what we've been talking about so what you know what is it that you can can you reframe it so it's not specifically a number but it's about your health mm-hmm. and about how you're going to be putting things into place to make sure that they're going to work for you right i mean and It's, you know, the other thing is if you're going to the gym, you might gain weight because you're lifting weights and you might not actually lose weight. And that's better Mm -hmm. in some cases even. And so I think, I think just being careful about the, you know, what things you're choosing and making sure that they actually line up with what is, you know, what your actual goal is, right? And for weight loss, you know, it's such a common goal, right? But why do you want to lose weight? It's to feel better. If it's to feel better you want to make better food choices. So what do you need to put in place to be successful with that particular thing, right? Do you need to plan ahead? Do you need to get help if you have that luxury? Do you need to, you know, choose to cut certain things out for a period of time? Do you want to, you know, whatever it is that is going to work for you that you, you know, you need to identify. And you know, what hasn't worked in the past. That's the other thing. I think we do the same things over and over that don't work. If every year, like I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year, you know, if you're not doing something differently, the same thing is going to happen. Yeah.
0: So eating healthier in the new year um, is, is something I hear people say a lot. And I you mentioned a few good things. Anything else that helps set people up for success with that um, and and you know addressing their overwhelm because I, you know uh, I think for some people the idea of going from the holidays and probably overindulging a little bit going straight into the new year and then oh I'm gonna restrict that feels overwhelming,
1: right? For sure. I mean, I think, you know, I really, one of the things that I really work, you know, because it's a new year, we're talking about it in this context, but ultimately I think when we're able to create a life that's more in alignment with what our values are and how we want to feel, first of all, you don't go so off the rails at the, ho- you know, around the holidays, because, you know, you might choose to have a cookie, but instead of, you don't have to have six, you might choose, you know, you can say, all right, I know that I love, you know, peppermint bark or whatever that's called from Trader Joe's. Well, you could also get a dark choc- mint, dark chocolate bar that has a quarter of the sugar. So if going into it, you're not that far off the rails. It becomes much easier than, you know, because for me with my patients and my clients and the people I work, you know, my breeders and everyone I work with, it's, I really encourage people to not You know it's not about right now it's not about this second it's about in general in your life it's about the longitude of it it's about interacting with your life in the way that really works for you big picture and you know with the food stuff it's overwhelming to i mean the amount of we spend less time in our culture cooking than any other industrialized nation it is like the percentage of our time that we spend planning for and preparing food it's it's crazy I mean it's it's people feel like oh I don't have time to cook well the amount of time even the people who are spending a lot of time it's still half the time that they do in many other cultures. And we are so accustomed to this quick fix thing. I mean, part of it is a mindset shift, I think, about, all right, if this is something that's important to me, how am I going to make time for it? And you either make time for it or you don't. And if you make time for it, it means something else has to give. So being really clear ahead of time about what else is going to give so you don't feel overwhelmed trying to eat healthfully because you can't, you know, you can't eat healthfully out of a box for the long haul. You know, you just can't. Mm -hmm. It takes, it takes effort and time. There's no question about that, but it doesn't have to be all consuming either. There's, you know, you can prep food and freeze it. You can have, you know, I often do a project with my patients and clients where I have them do what's called a menu project. And my particularly crafty patients, have them actually literally do it as a craft project like a menu that you would get at a restaurant so they open it up and there's breakfast options lunch options dinner options and on the back there's snacks that they have planned out to make sure line up with what their goals are as far as you know for some people they're looking at calories for some people they're looking at macros for some people they're looking at avoiding certain foods so you take that kind of decision making overwhelm part off of the off of your plate and you have all right here are my options it doesn't mean you can't go outside of that but if you know that you're not going to have to come up with a new breakfast you just look at your list and say all right what do i have in the house it's going to meet my needs then that you know it takes the the part of the, the over the part that's overwhelming where you have to make a decision in the moment because there's you know decision fatigue is real <laughs> you know it's- what i think is overwhelming is the idea of
0: driving somewhere to go out and especially if you have to wait in line or wait for somebody to serve you i mean if you're talking about what saves you time um, You know, making a home cooked meal to me, the way that I cook, I think is actually faster than having to like drive to. And I don't go to fast food restaurants. Right, You right, right. know how <laughs> how much time? But I see people in line, like sitting in line for you know some of the fast food restaurants like McDonald's or whatever. There's right. a big long line, and they're having to sit there for a while, and and you know, wait the is not time.
1: fast anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like let's right. let's just what can we whip up in the kitchen and not have to get in the car? I mean, what do we have? Right.
1: And sometimes I think that's about planning and know, having the things there that you know you need that will meet your needs. Because if all you have in your kitchen is, you know, sugar cereal and Pop-Tarts, you know, you can't make a good decision. Because, you know, you, you can't. You need to plan ahead. And, you know, again, that's sometimes working with someone who can help you figure out what's going to work for you. But sometimes it's just common sense, right? You know, if you, it takes, it, you know, I actually had a patient recently who was, uh, I was looking at her food journal. I have most of my patients and clients track their food. And she, I was looking at her breakfast and she was having two eggs and a piece of toast for breakfast. And, you know, first of all, I said, that's not enough food. But I said, could you put, you know, she has two fried eggs. And I said, could you have, could you have vegetables with your breakfast also? Because you're trying to increase the amount of vegetables you're having. And for lunch, you said, it's too difficult because you're at work. Couldn't you just make Scrambled eggs. She said, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to make scrambled eggs in the morning, um, to put to make vegetables in the morning to have with, with my eggs. And so I actually the next morning, I my family was like, "What are you even doing?" I set a timer on my phone. I set a timer as if we turn timers now. I set a timer on my phone, and I literally I made two fried eggs, and then I made uh, a scramble with vegetables that I had pre-made, and then I made a scramble with fresh vegetables all the the fastest was the scramble with the pre-made vegetables but throwing vegetables and sautéing them and then adding two eggs and scrambling it took less time than the fried eggs that she was making <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it you know it doesn't doesn't have to take a long time i think another thing too that people say is I'm eating healthy, but everybody else in my house is not. And um, I know that's a big one that comes up is I'm trying to make these changes, but the rest of my family is not on board, um, which, you know, it's not always an easy one. I do think though, that if you can you know, encourage your whole family to eat healthy, they're going to benefit from it too. So I don't
1: know if you have any tips. Yeah. On. You know what I do? This is, I mean, what I usually will do is encourage my patients to just say tough. Like, that, that, we're going to be eating healthfully. And if you're, you know, I mean, let me tell you, your kids are going, if you don't, your kids, I mean, occasionally there are kids who are legitimately picky and just picky enough and able to stop eating. But when you get, you know, if people will eat what you're serving eventually, now, of course, there are some relationship dynamics that don't allow for that. But, you know, the two things you can do are, you know, you can make a separate meal for yourself. And if you prep it ahead, it's usually fine, but also to start saying, all right, this is what we're eating. I'm choosing health for our family. Um, and you can eat whatever you want out of the house. You know, my, my 12 year old, you know, he said, Oh yeah, at school, some kid brought in like a thousand dollars of candy. I'm like, what'd you eat? And he's like, well, you know, I ate this and I ate this and then I gave the rest away. And that's, you know, kind of how he, he's just kind of geared to do that. He would, you know, he would no sooner eat 12 pieces of candy than, you know, take a bite of the desk because he would feel terrible because he's used to eating healthy food and eating in a way that really supports his body because that's what I feed my family. Does it annoy them sometimes? Sure. Um, but that's, you know, it's important enough to me that that's a place that I'm willing to put my foot down. Although every family is going to be different, right? Um, where you're willing to try your hard and fast line.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think with kids that the earlier, so I have three kids and I think that the earlier you get them started with being involved the better, cause if you can, Get them involved, they they uh they appreciate it more. Um if they just the food just shows up on the table and this, you know, they uh they can be pickier about it, but if they're involved in it, I found right. that they, they appreciate it more. So I love this idea of the menu, creating the menu, what you mentioned about that. I could see that some kids, my kids would maybe not be particularly interested because they're teenagers, but, but when they're younger, I can see how they would love to create something creative. And if they're involved in that process, then they feel appreciated and they understand and they go along with it better. Yep.
1: And my kid's not crafty at all. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's, Sporty, right. He's like, I'm not into crafts. I'm into sports. But so he wouldn't be into making a, uh, you know, doing a menu project. But we say, you know, come up with let's sit down and come up with 10 lunch ideas. And then he writes down because, you know, there's nothing that'll, you know, chaff me more than my kid coming home. Not with his lunch still in his lunchbox. That drives me out of my mind. Um, so I'll say, okay, well, what is it that you want to eat and how can we make, you know, what's a healthy version of that to make sure that you're getting a healthy, good lunch so your brain is working the way it needs to be. And then he, you know, he'll we'll post it up on the fridge and then he's actually picking from his own list of what he wants to take for lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, I think
0: we gave a couple of common scenarios for New Year's resolutions. Anything
1: else you want to say about those? No, I I really think that we covered most of what I like to talk about about the resolution part. Yeah, themes, intentions, yeah. Um,
0: Is there anything else you think that, you know, of course we've been talking about the New Year's Year's, uh, resolutions and goals going into the new year. And I I think it is a great time to start fresh and start again and just set yourself up for success for that. But as we
1: go through um,
0: the year, what are some of the other things that tend to create overwhelm for people that you notice?
1: I think it's really different from person to person. And again, one of the things for me that I really think about is this accumulation of stresses. And so really making, you know, and it go through, goes through a whole process in my book to do this, but you, you don't need a book to do it, is to look at, well, where, What things are causing a stress on my system in my life? You know, look around, right? What is it that really feels overwhelming to me? Is it this particular pile of things that I haven't gotten to? You know, something that I often will have people do is make what's called a hit list with their to-do list where they will go through their to-do list and pick out, like literally rewrite everything on the to-do list or, you know, cut and paste uh, that you can do in less than 10 minutes and then literally put on your schedule every week a couple of blocks of time where you're working on your hit list and then those things that are tolerations that you put up with day over day and week over week i mean the you know the getting your checkbook who who has a checkbook now but getting your checkbook balanced your theoretical checkbook balanced or you know the pile of things that you know you know i have a i went to uh i went away on vacation a number of months ago and i came back and unloaded a bunch of stuff into this box and i have a box in my office and i looked at that today and said i've been looking at that box for two months and i've had a lot of things going on in the last few months that have been very challenging for me as far as our schedules and logistics but the um you know it's every time i look at that box it causes me stress so i need to put on my schedule empty the box. And it's such a small thing, but it's more than just the stress of the box. It's the stress of day over day looking at that thing. So I think being conscious about what's getting in your way, what's getting in your way of living the life that you really want to live and feeling good and not overwhelmed and energetic. And then sequentially saying, all right, what things of those things, what can I really deal with? And I I really encourage people to do that quarterly, to really go through a process every quarter of, all right, look around. What's in my way? What is getting in my way? And it can be, you can be getting in your own way. You know, what, what's in my way of really making choices that line up with my values and having me feel good on a day-to-day basis. What are the, what are the little things? What are the bigger things? The discussions that we're not having the people that were, you know, being upset with a friend. I had a, uh, you know, I asked, I needed a favor of a friend and I asked him and he was very um, dismissive of it. He was kind of minimizing of my experience and it really upset me. And I had this thing weighed on me for two weeks. And I was like, why don't I just text him and tell him to bum me out. And I did that. And he was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And it was over, Mm -hmm. you know? So these things that we let, we choose to let them weigh on us. And either you deal with it or you let it go. Because the things we carry with us, whether they're you know, whether it's an emotional thing with a friend, or whether it's a pile on your desk. I keep looking over there at a pile on my desk. Um, you know, whatever the thing is, addressing it and being willing to say this is getting in my way of where I really of where I really want to be. And those can be habit things too. Like this year, I, we have this constant conversation. You, you, I would suspect you likely have this in your house too around screens with the teenagers, right? And their phones and the tech time and you know, my kid. Every time I start talking to him, he's like, "Well, you're on your phone all the time." And first of all, like, <laughs> I'm an adult. I get to make my own choices. But the truth is, I—I I mean, those things are built to get your attention, and—and and I do want to change that. And you know, I have not. You know, I keep saying, "All right, I'm gonna." And he's like, "You keep saying you're gonna make a change, and then you don't." And mm-hmm. you know, it's important for me to take that in. I mean, not—not as—not that he—not to support his—you know—being defensive and turning it back on me because that's a whole other conversation. But of saying, all right, this is something that I do want to change, and I have not, you know, back to the resolution thing, I guess, you know, revisiting it, okay, this is something I wanted to do, I didn't, what else can I do? What's keeping me from getting there? What feelings am I trying not to feel by, you know, by getting on my phone instead of not getting on my phone, right? It's, it's like any dopamine thing where you're, you're trying, you're making a choice because your brain doesn't want to be in the moment because that's it's right no
0: and it's a great point because we do these things for a reason we get Mm -hmm. on we spend too much time on our phones for a reason we we grab for the uh, some unhealthy comfort food items uh uh, we watch too much tv all of these things are uh they're almost you know they can be addictive if we if we're not careful and we're doing that to sort of escape and because of those dopamine and the, the neurotransmitter feel good kind of feelings we get so there's a physiologic reason this happens. And so when we know that it it sometimes, it it keeps us from uh, beating up on ourselves about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when people, so when you notice making these changes that we've been talking about and with your patients, what are the positive things that you notice with this shift?
1: Oh my goodness. You know, I think, I think it's different for everyone. I mean, I think ultimately it's about when when we make choices that are lined up with our values on a regular basis we live in a really different space and your whole overall experience day-to-day is different because i mean you can when when you're seeing you know it's you can see it when you look at people right and then so there's this there's this piece of just you know when you see someone who's clearly in align you know in alignment with what's important to them they seem, you know, they're, they, they are clearly healthier, you know, and again, it's not necessarily healthier physically, although often that is the case as well, but healthier in general in the way they're interacting with their lives. And I also think that we, you know, by making these choices, when the overall load goes down, people have the bandwidth to then take this next step to do the things that we, you know, we long ago gave up on, right? The the things we always wanted to learn and the communities we always wanted to get involved with and the trips we always wanted to take. You know, we take those off the table because we're so overwhelmed and then you end up, you know, later in life saying, well, I never did all those things because I was so busy spinning my top and giving myself a hard time and judging myself and shaming myself when ultimately, right, life is, you know, I don't want to be trite and say, "Look, well, life is so short, you know, but truly, you know, no one ever looks back and says, oh, I'm so glad I was so stressed Did you know, spent my life being so stressed out. And, you know, that said, there are sometimes circumstances where they are, are, they are stressful. You know, people are born into circumstance where they don't have access to education or don't have access to healthy food or don't have access to self-awareness because they have had no exposure to that. They are born into situations where there are, you know, where they're, they don't have the privilege to be able to, you know, wh- whatever the thing is that because of your circumstance and I don't want to minimize that, right? Because it's not like everyone has access to, you know, I need more time. So I'm just going to have someone come clean my house. Um, but, Ultimately, I do think that when we are able to act on the things that we do have control over and take responsibility and say, is this what I want my life to look like, given my current, my starting line, given my circumstances right now, and then how can I make choices that will support me to be, you know, have the best situation I possibly can, given my circumstance. Mm -hmm. Right, right. All right. Well, fantastic.
0: And I think that your book walks people through this. So makes it really simple, right? Your, the, your book that's just, just come out.
1: Yeah, that's the goal. So the, the overcoming overwhelm, dismantle your stress from the inside out. We're looking at really, instead of managing stress, of course, we always want to manage it as well. But instead of just managing stress that we look at really undoing it and figuring out where in our lives we have control and how we can make more bandwidth, in our lives to be able to do the things that we really want to do and feel how we want to feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Love it. Okay, well tell everybody where they can
1: find your book, where they can learn about you. Thank you. So my uh there's a page on my website, drsamantha.com, drsamantha no punctuation dot com. Forward slash overcoming overwhelm. And there are links on that page to your all of the different booksellers. You can buy on Amazon there, you can buy on indie books, or you can go to your local bookstore. And the website is drsamantha.com. You can find out more about me and my practice and my consulting business there as well. But um ultimately I would love to see people be able to take advantage of the exercises in the book. And those are all available also. There's a link in the book that you can get them printed out as well.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, Dr. Samantha, thanks so much for coming on today. Really appreciate the information. Thank um, you for having me. Good luck, everybody, with your your New Year's resolution goals. <laughs> yes. I hope you enjoyed this interview today with Dr. Samantha Brody. And I'm really curious, how are your New Year's resolutions going? How are your goals this year? Whether this is just brand new, right out of the gate, January, and you're watching this interview right as it goes live, or you're catching this as it's gone later on in the year. Maybe you had New Year's resolutions, but I'm curious how did how have they been going? Share with us. Let us know how your new year's resolutions are going and if this interview is going to be able to help you stay on track send us a message. You can email us. You can post a message on social media. You can post a comment in the section below on YouTube or on the Spot Doctor website. Let us know how it's going. And you can find out more about Dr. Samantha Brody in the show notes at thespotdoctor.com on the podcast page below her interview. And if you haven't done so already, I encourage you to get your customized skin report at theskinquiz.com. Find out what messages your skin is trying to tell you about your health and what you can do about it. Also, I invite you to join me on social media if you haven't already. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and join the conversation there. And I'll see you next time on the Spot Doctor Podcast.